And we're back. Season 2. Dump on the Ump. Happy Summer Solstice. Today is June 21st, 2016. Um, coming in from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. Uh, coming in hot from uh, upstate New York, cutting Sam off, Jessica Ovnett. And this is Sam, uh, projecting live from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. And, um, yeah. it's the middle of the summer. How's everybody doing? Oof. Oof. It's actually, it's actually Oof. the beginning of the summer. Oh, like yeah. Summer middle of the, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. I always forget about that. Middle of the season. But, yeah. But we have the dog days of summer ahead of us. Yes. Well, my team is quickly falling apart. Two games under 500. Nine and a half games out of first out of first place in the AL West. The Mariners are. I've been like too busy to watch baseball, unfortunately, just like <laughs> traveling, just being crazy. But uh, they uh, it seems like our pitching is just for shit, which it has been, and uh, aggressing to the meat, man. Aggressing the meat, Jesse. What's up? I haven't been following the West. Texas just, like, suddenly got really good. Yeah, they're hot. They're super hot. And, and the Mariners have, like, not won a series in, like, three weeks. Ooh. Yeah, and they've just, they've just dropped. And, like, they lost last night in 12 innings to the Tigers. And, like, things like that. They just, yeah. it's not going their way right now. I, I think they can pull it out, but they're going to have to really get their act together. Yeah, I was checking that. The run differential, they're behind... Texas in the AL West, but their run differential is still right. better than Texas. So yeah, well, they, that might be still from like the first part of the season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, um, kind of the same thing with the uh, the White Sox right now. Um, we made I put it on the blog. We made all these big moves. We went to the to Petco Park and stole James Shields out of Petco Park. And I know you were excited about that. I was I was excited about that, but you know, some some things don't work out, and James Shields is one of those. Let me see you. Um, James Shields has allowed twenty two runs in his first three starts with the White Sox since May twenty seventh. In his last four starts, James Shields on his own has given up more runs. Than the entire Cubs starting rotation has in the last 22 games. Well, wow. James Shields, I, 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 this is my own math, so I may be wrong. In his first, in his last, no, no, in his first three starts with the White Sox, James Shields has a 24.7 ERA. Has he even pitched? Nine innings in those starts combined? I don't believe he has. I don't believe he well, has. Well, he must, though. If he's given up 29 runs and he's got an ERA of 24, he must have pitched. Oh, one. well, he's pitched He's pitched a total of 11, 11 and a third innings in three right. starts. He's pitched 11 innings in three starts, and he's given up 31 runs in... Those three starts. No, 22 runs in three starts, 31 runs in his last four starts. That's 
his first three starts with the White Sox and his last game with San Diego. Huh. Anyway, so the White Sox are coming apart at the seeds. Uh, almost literally, I feel uh, like. Well, the Red Sox have been playing not great baseball either, although I think that they're still we're like hovering around the top of the AL East. They're yeah. a game out right now. What? They're yeah. a game out of the, behind the O's. Behind the O's. So they're in second place, uh, and it's still kind of the same problem. They've stopped scoring as many runs as they were, and their pitching staff is still terrible. But two bright spots to say on that is in his last start, uh, the massively overpaid, in my opinion, David Price pitched eight innings, gave up one run, struck out something like 14 batters, which was really good. And then there's this guy, Stephen Wright, who I've been talking about all season, who's our new hot shot knuckleballer. Uh, and he pitched nine innings yesterday uh, for the fourth time this season. Didn't get the complete game because the Red Sox ended up losing that game in 10. Um but I just know, Joel, you had texted me yesterday, kind of like, na-na-na-na-na-na, the White Sox beat the Red Sox <laughs> on my birthday. But I would argue that the White Sox in no way won that game, and the Red Sox lost that game horribly. <laughs> because their starting, their starting pitcher went nine innings, and uh, they had the bases loaded with no one out in the bottom of the ninth inning after mm-hmm. the uh, reliever for the White Sox had walked the bases loaded yeah. and couldn't manage to get uh, run across. Yeah, bases so loaded, no out. I feel like they had no business losing that game. Uh, the fact that they did was 100% on them and nothing to do with the White Sox. <laughs> um, further update on the Red Sox is <clears throat> right now in the All-Star game balloting, the Red Sox have uh, one, two, three, four... Um, four people in first place at their regular positions. Uh, two outfielders, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts were both young guys. David Ortiz at DH. Xander Bogarts at shortstop. Is that? Yeah, that's four. Uh, so those guys. And then there's also been talk of this kid, Stephen Wright, pitching, starting pitching, uh, which would be awesome. Because uh, he's got the best ERA in the, in the AL right now, I think. Yeah. I read uh, an article today arguing that the White Sox should be sellers already. Should which, selling. Should be selling. Uh, um, which I think is a little early, but the guy's probably right. I mean, the White Sox good start was mostly luck and just playing the Minnesota Twins over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um but this guy this guy thinks that the White Sox should sell Chris Sale to Boston. What do Ooh, you think of that? Right. Um that would be awesome. Yeah. Cuz I mean they could for prospects. He listed I mean I I I don't know the guys. He was like the Red Sox like a mess of prospects because the Red Sox could win now. They want to win now for David Ortiz. Right. The White Sox. They need, they need pitching bad. And they need pitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have so many prospects. It's Our farm system yeah. is, like, ridiculous. 
Um, and I'm hesitant to give up any of those guys. Right, right. I mean, it, it, it would come down to... I mean, Chris Dale would be good, right? You need another pitcher. Um, right. But how bad... Yeah, how much would, the, would Boston want to mortgage its future for a chance at winning, winning like, now? Like, well, this but that's season. the thing, is that they wouldn't necessarily... They, they can afford to give up a couple prospects. It's just a matter of, do they want to? Because um, we have a lot of... We have a lot of young players in the majors already. Um, and a lot of young guys who are coming up uh, after, and we have we're like have a lot of strength in the catching position, for example, a lot of strength at second base, uh, and and the outfield as well. I think um, that's pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I don't think we have so many pitching prospects. I could be wrong. I don't really pay that much attention to the minor No, me either. And and I, I'll try to find this article again later. The guy was mostly, I think he listed five prospects, and they were all fielders. Um, I don't remember right. any of them being pitchers. Maybe one. Well, I don't think that the Red Sox will give up five prospects. Right. Uh, the other yeah. thing the guy said, and I don't know enough about the finances of baseball to know if he's if he's right or not, but he's basically saying that Chris Sale would be a, a bargain. Like Chris Sale is not making getting paid anything close to his market value right now. Right. Yep. Yeah. So Boston could That's true. benefit from that. I don't know. It it will be interesting to see. It depends if the White Sox continue to totally collapse the way they are or. I mean, the AL Central is still pretty weak. Um, hence the Indians being in first place. Hence the Cleveland Indians being in first place. That will segue us into the next section. Speaking of which, did you guys watch any of the NBA Finals? No. What? Any of it. You didn't watch any of it? Yeah. I watched the last two minutes of the last game. God, those were great. Um, that was, and I will let you, yeah, like, got to the bar at, like, right when, uh, what's his name, hit that three Kyrie. at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to let, I have a really good, well, I don't know how good this story is, but I have a story, but I want you to talk, say your piece about it, Joel, because I okay. know that you're, well, like, I don't, okay. a I don't, huge LeBron James I, I'm guy. such a big LeBron James guy. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I have lots of things I could talk about. Here's the one thing I want to talk about. Um, loyal, only loyal fans of the podcast will remember our last podcast two weeks ago. At which point, <laughs> at which point, the uh, uh, Cleveland was down 2-0. And they weren't only down 2-0, they got blown out in the first two games. Right? Right. And I was pretty despondent at that point. And Game three was the first game in Cleveland, and, and the Cavs blew Golden State out in game three. And then game four, Golden State won in Cleveland to give them a 3-1 lead. And nobody in the NBA Finals has come back from a 3-1 deficit. 
And then I, I made the change that shifted everything in favor of Cleveland from that point on. I, was it the ball grab? I, no, but that was a big thing. I was going to say I stopped watching the games on TV and started watching them just on my phone. Be- because and that was it. That, that was it. it. That was the key because it was going to be game five and it was in Golden State. It was in Oakland and I was like, ah, Golden State's going to win. It's in It's in Oakland. They're going to win. And I, I think Robin, my wife, there was something we wanted to watch on TV that night. So I'm like, she's like, do you want to watch basketball? I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm just going to watch on my phone. It's fine. And, you know, they're going to lose anyway. But you're watching score. No, no, like on the ESPN Watch app. Like I was watching, like I had my phone out and it was showing the game. Oh, okay. And we were also, but with the volume off and the TV was on watching, I couldn't, I can't remember. Technology amazing. You're like, oh no, don't worry about it. I'll just watch it on my smaller I had this tiny computer that fits in my pocket (laughs) and I could watch it on that. And then, meanwhile, you're like watching. You're, it's just that's just it's just crazy because like ten years ago, <laughs> that would not have been possible. What? I mean, yeah, just a few years ago, that wouldn't have been possible. Yeah, I mean, okay. ten years ago, uh, even a few years ago, the Warriors even being in the playoffs would have been impossible. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but there's other stuff. Uh, I, so that was the changing point, and then the Cleveland won that game, and I was like, oh. So for the next game, I watched it on my phone again, and yeah. then game and they won that game, and then game seven, and we weren't even doing anything that night, and I'm like, nope, I have to watch it on my phone, and I just, <laughs> I just sat with the sound off, and I'm sitting there, and you know about when Kyrie hit that three and Cleveland was up by three, with under a minute left, and I'm started thinking like, shit, they could win this. And I hadn't said anything the entire game, just staring at my phone for like two and a half hours. And, and then, you know, they stopped Golden State on the last possession and, and the bell rings and they win. And I just go yell out in the Cleveland won! And my poor dog, like, jumped <laughs> up and ran out of the room. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Tell me your story. That, I mean, that, yeah, that wasn't really a story. That's just, I'm gonna, then, I, I will and take. And everyone had them. Okay, here's, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, as you may know, and listeners of the podcast may know, but I don't know if you remember this, Joel, but during game one, I was somewhere and the game was on, and I was texting you. I was like, you must be pulling for Cleveland pretty hard right now. And you're like, yeah, I am, but I don't think they're going to win. And yeah. I texted you back. I was oh, like, oh, yeah. I think they're going to win. You're right. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about yeah. that. You were totally so, right. Yeah. So I, I, t- I told you so. Yeah. And the Good. reason for that is this is LeBron James's sixth NBA final, Seven. right? Seven. Seven? Seven. Seven. Right. Six and consecutive. One every. Right. He's yeah. won every other one that he's played in. No, but yeah. I see your point. No, he, he went lose, lose, win, win, lose, lose. 
Yeah. I think you're wrong about that, dude. No. No. Look it up. I I don't need to. I'm right. He <laughs> <laughs> He lost in 2007 to the Spurs. And that's when he was in Cleveland. They got swept. And then in 2011 was his first one with Miami, and he lost to Dallas. And then he won in 2012 against Oklahoma City. And then he won in 2013 against San Antonio. That went seven. And that was a crazy series. And then he lost in 2014 to San Antonio. And then he lost in 2015 to Golden State. And then he won this year to Golden State. That means you think he's going to win next year? Yeah, the pa- I mean, if the pattern holds, that's what would happen. 2-2, two, 2-2, two, two, two. yeah. Well, not necessarily next year, but the next time he... The next time he gets to the finals. Yeah, if that, did we lose Sam? Well, no, I'm here. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 2-2, two, 2-2. Two, two, two. Uh, but he was still due. You're right that he was still due for a win. So here's the other thing. You, I want to hear your bow story, though, Sam. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Should I tell that now? Well, yes. do you want to talk about that or how you should not punch LeBron James in the ball? Oh, well, no, I just thought that was what you were going to say was the turning point. Yeah, that pro- you know, like, for real, that was probably the turning point. And, and for real, though, I just feel like that was not so much of a punch. It was, like, more of a stroke, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was uh, a swing, but, but they, it was a swing. Yeah, he didn't. You, you can't do that. And that's the whole thing is that it wasn't just that call. Draymond Green had already picked up two flagrant fouls in the uh. playoffs. And that was his third flagrant foul. And so that, it wasn't just that. It was the culmination of his repeated crotch, like going after dude's crotch. Yeah, no, he, he's got a crotch thing. Yeah. He's like... Yeah. Um, he kept kicking Stephen Adams in the crotch. Yeah. yeah. No, he's got a thing with balls. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Because, like, these guys, these professional basketball players, it's like all they've been doing their entire life is handling balls, you know? <laughs> That's been their entire lives since, you know, probably grade school or before is just every day grabbing some balls and handling them. And he, like, can't really help himself when, you know, he gets stepped over and there's some balls right above him and his, like, initial reaction, his natural reaction is to handle them. You know what I'm saying? I I know what you're saying. I was listening to other Uh, people. I was listening to other people write about it and they were like, he couldn't let, like, LeBron James who I think is a genius, went out of his way to disrespect Draymond Green on that play and just walk over right. him. And, like, they, like, people I was reading about, they're like, Draymond had to do something. You can't just let a guy knock you down and then walk over right. you. But, unfortunately... You can't let a guy present his balls to you without, and do nothing Without about. taking a shot. Um, right. There's got to be some sort of Handling repercussion there. That's all I'm saying. What? Yeah. 
you can't. It's a step up. It's a, it's a, it's a paper. Oh, that's the the best part about that whole thing, though, or the worst part, depending on your perspective. During the game, during that play, the refs never called a foul. Like they, right. like you watch it. LeBron knocks him down, steps over him. Draymond takes right. a whatever you want to call it, like a. a half swing, I don't know, a stroke at his balls. Right. Still nobody called, call, no whistle. Call but then, but, yeah, but then Draymond gets up and takes another swing. Like, Draymond oh, yeah. goes after LeBron James twice. Well, and the rest the, the play don't had moved down to the other end of the court, hadn't it? And not yet, it moved away from them, but it was still on that side of the court. Right. Um, but yeah, the refs never called a foul. And then, yeah. and then the league looked at it later and was like, "Oh yeah, we have to. You can't take a swing at the game." Uh, well, so the question is: is now is Cleveland not cursed anymore? I, I, I kind of the whole idea of a curse and a sin. I feel like it doesn't get lifted for a while. Like Cleveland mm. is still. It's still a cursed city. It's still a cursed city in my mind. Like, you know, I still think that of Seattle, even though, like, I think, I think, like, just because one sports franchise in a city wins doesn't mean that, like, all of them are now winners. You know what I mean? They like, oh, definitely not. Right. No, no, but I know, but, like, there's a whole theory in, like, the media of, like, oh, Cleveland's not cursed because the Browns and the Indians are not. It's, It's like a. A sort of like all arising tide lifts all ships sort of right. idea. Right. Now that's poor shit though. I because like the Cubs, right. the Cubs haven't won in a hundred years, and right. but like the Blackhawks win every year. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the Red Sox. The Red Sox did win for eighty six years, but, but the in Boston Celtics. Both the Celtics and the the Bruins had been like dominant. Yeah. You know? And right. the Patriots. But they, Right, so maybe it's a matter of like if there's a city where no sports teams are winning. That, but that was their argument for Cleveland. Right, right. But Joel, you posted on Facebook that Cleveland tourism video. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's <just> so good. <laughs> I'll post that on the blog. It's pretty mean, but it's hilarious. It's um, I, think I haven't seen it. Oh, you should watch it. Uh, I think it's it's know, old. Uh, it, it's like. Six or seven years old, but it's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, it's been floating around for a while. Yeah, I think we're due for our break here, fellas. Uh, yeah, we at... Oh no, wait! I want to. Yeah, tell your ball story, dude. Yeah, tell your ball story. So uh, I was watching. I watched Game of Thrones on Sunday. Oh yeah, we can talk about Game of clearly Thrones. Clearly, that that's way more interesting than anything that has to do with basketball. But then it went over, and I ran over to the bar to catch the last two minutes of the game, and. <laughs> There's this restaurant that's right across from the bar called Chris's, and it has a big TV inside. And there was like a massive crowd of people surrounding this restaurant, looking in through the windows, watching the game. And this was like across the street from the bar. And so the game ends, and I'm sitting by the window in the bar, looking out across the street at all these guys out there. And it starts to turn into the scuffle. Oh, nice. And I turn to my I turn to my friend who I'm with, and I'm like, oh, there's going to be a riot across the street right now. And then it turns into a full-on street brawl 
and I'm watching this from across the street, <laughs> full on street ball brawl. And then, like, I see cop car coming up the street with its lights on, and then all of a sudden everything stops, and everyone, uh, no, not everyone, these two guys just like book it, just like sprint away. And then, so the cop car shows up, then another cop car shows up, and then like 10 more cop cars show up. Um, and there's all these people on the street. Turns out, somebody got stabbed. Oh my god. But it, this, yeah, on Notre Avenue, at, outside of Chris's, over a basketball game that was between Cleveland and, and Golden, Golden State. State. <laughs> yeah. Shit. It's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Well, yeah. yeah, that game, oof, I think, you know, we talk about, here's the thing, and then we do need to go. Also, my computer's acting weird right now, so that's the gods we need to take a break. But here's, here's what I want to say, and maybe we can get back to it after the break. E to the coast was really the Red Sox, right? Are you guys with me? No, they're not with me. So, I'm going to say this anyway. And then they'll find out what I said. The last reverse of the coast was 2004 ALCS, where the Boston Red Sox had to come back down 3-0, something that would never been done before. The Cleveland Cavaliers this year had to do something, by definition, pretty miraculous. To come back from down 3-1. And so many strange things had to happen. In order for it to work. So getting back to. You need something uncanny. Something otherworldly to happen. Like you did in that 2004 ALCS. And that we saw happen this year. In the NBA Finals. Between the Cavs and the Warriors. Okay. I've lost Jesse and Sam, but I'm going to stop the recording and call them back once I get out of Google Hangouts. Back for the rest of our show after the break. This has been Dump on the Ump. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> 